0: This program is brought to you by The Assembly of Geeks, geek content for a geeky world. Visit us at assemblyofgeeks.com.
1: Over the past couple of days, Anthony Bresnikin released eight separate stories with more information about The Last Jedi. And when it rains on Camino, it pours. So here we are to discuss our thoughts.
0: Welcome to Sky Talkers, This Galactic Life. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to the Sky Talkers podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey guys, I am your other host, Caitlin, And we are very, very overwhelmed with information from (laughs) from Entertainment Weekly that we had to record this special podcast, as we have been doing when it comes to Last Jedi content that is just kind of sprung upon us. (laughs) (laughs) It's just forced on us. (laughs) (laughs) I remember in the Revenge of the Sith novelization... Oh my Here guys. we go again. I can't have can't have a podcast without mentioning oh. it. I'm gonna read it. <laughs> but Padme makes that joke. It's really funny. Or maybe Anakin makes it. Whatever. Anakin makes a joke about the force. Yeah, a pun. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh, now I have to read it. <laughs> anyway, our episode, like, as we have loved to talk about many different things in our episode, and we like to call them a smorgasbord, unofficially, I think Caitlin came up with the name for this episode. Which is
1: a smorgasbord. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. So, welcome to our exclusive Entertainment
0: Weekly Schmorgish Porg episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we Where, hope you enjoy. <laughs> actually, we
0: probably won't be talking that much about porgs because that's no. not really on our rundown. You know, as a lot of podcasts I'm sure at this point are going through all the different stories, and Kaylan and I just kind of want to focus on what we are really interested in and What kind of, like, uh, has started getting the gears moving about what to expect in December when The Last Jedi comes out. So that's what we're going to do in this episode, just talk about our favorite things from this article.
1: And if you followed us for any amount of time, it will probably come as no surprise the topics that we're gonna be talking about in this episode. Okay, so why don't we just jump right
0: into it, Caitlin? In part one, we're gonna be talking all about Luke. And in part two, we're gonna be talking about Ray's parentage. And in part three, we're gonna be talking about our sad boy, Kylo. (laughs) So, (laughs) So without further ado, let's get started.
1: So, who talks first? You talk first, I talk first.
0: Hello and welcome to part one. I think one of the more interesting articles that came out of the Entertainment Weekly was the first one that was entitled, Can Rey Save Luke Skywalker from His Own Darkness? And in this article, we learned a lot about, you know, did we really learn a lot? Because I think that by the end of The Force Awakens, we kind of know that Luke is on the island alone, a little sad. Yeah, sorry. Whoa, an image of Anthony Bresnikin just came up and started playing. <laughs> like, totally and you threw were me
1: distracted off. Yeah. Bresnikan. Bresnikan. He's an attractive man, okay?
0: <laughs> no, I was just it like, whoa, where's this coming from? <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> back to Luke. You know, we've been learning all about how he's just alone on this, you know, Irish island, whatever. He's not alone right. Though. Yeah, he's not alone. That's a thing that we learned in this. a <laughs>
1: thing that we learned is that he's not alone. Not only with the porgs, but then those other nun fish. I love creatures. them. I think they're I, so funny. They would make a cute stuffed animal.
0: I know. I just can't. I just love that it's like this, like nunnery that like manages the force temple situation that's
1: up there. And like, I don't operating hours posted or something.
0: Yeah, like I don't think they even really want Luke there, and Luke's there, so it's it's just funny. There's like a lot of other people are encroaching on other people's spaces. Like Luke's like within this nunnery situation, and Ray is like. (laughs) Basically trespassing on Luke's space, so it's probably trespassing on the nun fish nuns <laughs>
1: yeah. who are probably trespassing on the pork space who are probably there before everyone else.
0: Yeah, true. So it's kind of interesting. There's just like this like uncomfortableness that's kind of coming out of Acto. I, yeah, think. I think the article said that they tolerate
1: Luke being there. So it's not a, a super happy relationship, it sounds like.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Caitlin, what do you think... T- what is going through your mind about like Luke on this island right now?
1: There are so many things, Charlotte. There are so <laughs> many things. I am just constantly struck by Mark Hamill's comments about Luke and where the character of Luke was taken in The Last Jedi and how... In the beginning, Mark says that he wasn't sure if he agreed with what Ryan had done with the character of Luke Skywalker, which is crazy. And (laughs) kind of to backtrack for a second, one of the things I think is funny about just luke and and what happened to him and his history and everything is that jj put him on this island and then was like all right peace out ryan up to you <laughs> didn't like leave any notes or anything for what luke skywalker was actually doing and so ryan had to figure out what was happening with luke skywalker one i just find that funny but yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> Um, that seems like a J.J. thing to do. I know I do oh, know yeah, J.J., totally. but it seems like <laughs> that's probably not the first time he's done something like that. Like, he probably thought of the show of Lost, put all the characters on the island, and then was like, all right, great, bye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's exactly what happened, though. <laughs> yeah. He, like, wrote the first episode Everyone and was like, bye, yeah, <laughs> peace. <laughs>
1: But one of the things I keep coming back to in this article and the thing that shook me the most when I first read it was Bresnikin's line where he says, um, we all have to remember that the story starts with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but it doesn't necessarily end with happily ever after, which I just got chills and terror in my heart (laughs) when I read that, um... Because, I mean, I think Luke is probably going through all of the things that we expect him to be going through. Things that we've talked about. Dealing with what happened to Kylo Ren and feeling like he failed the Jedi Order and the Force and the galaxy at large. And now he's probably dealing with the guilt of Han's death. I'm sure he feels responsible for that, too, on some level. And. I think those are things we've talked about before that we think he's dealing with and and also about him learning about the Jedi order from the prequel trilogy and how all of how all of their thinkings were a little bit misguided and and how they kind of strayed down the wrong path that they lost their focus on who the Jedi really were supposed to be so it sounds like he's thinking about all the things that we thought he was going to be thinking about
0: Yeah. One of the lines in the article that gets me is what Mark said about Luke. He says, I think he probably looks out on the horizon and wishes that he could be more effective and could be what Obi-Wan wanted him to be. And that's just so sad. It's like, it's basically the opposite of the longful look that we saw in A New Hope of him looking out into the twin suns. It's, it's like... Where that was, I wish I could be something that I think I can be. This is, I wish that I could help, but I just don't think I ever can. Wow. It's just, it's just really sad. And um, really sad. If, I think that the Luke that we're going to meet in The Last Jedi is just going to be really depressed and depressing. And I think that Ray is going to be really frustrated by him. And in turn, I kind of think that the audience might be a little frustrated with him as well. I know I think I will. I already am. I already am, like, sad you. for Luke, and, like... Well, sad f- is different than frustrated. Yeah, and, and, no, I am frustrated, though, because it's, like, he's... He, what what made him go to this island it, and, like, miss all the events in The Force Awakens, it's frustrating as a Star Wars fan to see him be left out of all that and it better be a pretty damn good reason why he's up there and i think that he with a clenched fist yeah well i think that there is like a really good reason and i can't wait to uncover that because i think that there's a lot of forced prophecy or something that he thought um that goes into uh why he was there um that will explain that and make it maybe less disappointing for fans but i think there is a great deal of us fans being a little disappointed going in and seeing that this is where Luke is in his life. I, think, I hate to agree with you,
1: but I agree with you um, <laughs> just because it makes me sad for Luke. But, I mean, they say don't meet your heroes, you know, and is going to meet her hero. I mean, Luke is not her hero, but this she's going to meet this mythical figure. He's the hero to the galaxy. And The Force Awakens makes it clear that he still has that reputation and he still has that mythical Um, enigma about him. The Luke she meets is going to be very different from the Luke of A New Hope and even Return of the Jedi. And that's going to be a really big shock for her and for us, too. Um, Mm -hmm. And they are sure doing a lot to prepare us for that.
0: Um, I... I know. It's, it is funny. The, the narrative that goes around this is that they are really like, this is gonna be a dark episode. This is gonna be really emotionally powerful. Like, not just with like all the Carrie and Leia stuff, but it's really like with every single character, it's gonna be like seriously emotionally weighted. And I don't know if we're all ready. And they're really trying to prepare us. And I don't think we're, any of us are actually going to be ready when we go in, in December. I'm not ready. I I already know that. I'm not ready. But I will say (laughs) that Ryan
1: is quoted as saying that Luke is not just hiding. Yeah. Not just hiding. (laughs) Not just hiding.
0: Kaylin has maintained this for two years. (laughs) For two years,
1: everyone's like, oh, he's just hiding and Kylo Ren's just a baby and just, you know, (laughs) so irritated at the world and... That's not what, well, I can't, we'll talk about Kylo later, but <laughs> with Luke, Luke is not just hiding, which is going, that's what I'm really interested in, because when they started talking about how depressed and, um, I guess, guilt-ridden Luke felt, it really did sound like going to this Force temple was a form of running away, and, and I'm sure on some level it is a form of running away, but there's also a reason Luke chose Octo to go to, and so there's in his running away and in his guilt there is something there that he feels is almost like a good excuse for him to remove himself from the galaxy if that's
0: totally makes sense. I think that he thinks he's a problem and I think that his he has misunderstood his own force force power and like is mis- yeah. he thinks that he's been misreading everything and he's been wrong about everything and I bet it has to do with something about and I bet they'll link this back. And, you know, this is, like, serious speculation, so I don't even know. But I bet it could have to do with the fact that he maintains that Anakin turned back to the good side at the end and that he kind of saw the good in everybody. And I bet he put so much energy into training Kylo and thinking that he was, like, maybe not the—I don't know if the prodigal son is the right term, but, like, the the perfect embodiment of light and dark or light side, you know, the Skywalker lineage. Whoa, here we go with Anthony Bresnikan again, just going in my ear. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I, I, I think that he invested so much into believing in the good and then something really turned on him. And I think it was Kylo that has like totally switched what he believes in, in his own power.
1: Well, what will be interesting, now that you mention it, about how Luke believes that Anakin came back to the light side at the end, is I wonder if Luke tried to save Kylo, if he tried to bring him back to the light side.
0: Oh, um, If it's wow. not
1: just the story of Kylo turned to the dark side with Snoke and then killed everyone in the Jedi Academy, and then Luke ran away to Octo, Because I'm sure, the more that I'm thinking about it now, I'm sure... Luke wouldn't have given up that easily so immediately.
0: Yeah, you know, you're so right about that and I actually I can't believe I've never thought about that. I know, but I'm 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 sure he tried. He had to have tried. And
1: then something else something else must have happened between Luke and Kylo for for Luke to to have finally retreated and gone to the island.
0: I think it has to do with something with those books that they show in the trailer. I'm really confused about those books, but I guess we'll see. Um, what if it has
1: to do with Ray?
0: Yeah, it could. I don't I, know. I'm, I'm
1: just trying to think of like what would be the final
0: blow, almost. And I'm sure
1: it wasn't a physical blow. I'm sure it was an emotional blow that Kylo gave to Luke, and that just ended their relationship and and Luke's
0: confidence. And I don't know. I... Well, it kind of goes back to the whole. There's a comment that. Um, I think it was Ryan made about Luke saying that he thought Kylo was the chosen one, which, I mean, that wasn't capitalized. That wasn't capitalized. Like, I don't know if it's really the same chosen one as was referred to in the prequels, or if he just thought that he would, you know, continue to bring balance to the force. And I think that's pretty likely. Um, I just think that what was he chosen for then? And, And maybe that has some sort of ramifications for what has driven Luke into hiding. I think Mark was talking about the chosen one from the prequels. Yeah, I don't I think he I think he would know um, that.
1: I think so too. Then I know some people don't think that. I don't know. When I first read it, I immediately thought the chosen one from the prequels because which is interesting too because then you have that whole conversation of who is the chosen one and it sounds like they're even, even in the Star Wars world they're still discussing that um of who the chosen one is which means the force is still unbalanced and maybe this episode will be about discovering how the force is never going to be balanced yeah and you can't put all of your hope on this one chosen one it's everyone working together kind of thing i can kind Mm -hmm. of see them
0: doing that Basically, like, I feel like we should wrap up our Luke discussion because we have a lot to, t- to talk about. And I keep wanting to talk about Kylo, but we're going to talk about him later. <laughs> yeah. But oh, do you have anything else
1: to say about Luke, then? I hope we see, I hope we see a little bit of our old Luke
0: Skywalker. I, like Steele Saunders, really want him to hashtag Ignite the Green. So I really think oh, you know that... I do. Yeah, it you know I, it, I do. Ha- it has to happen. And I hope... I know that he has the walking stick, and that's been basically everywhere. But I and I hope that like he still has the lightsabers, and I, I mean, just if want I'm him to. A
1: walking stick? Have you seen how many stairs are there? I know. We would all have a walking stick.
0: <laughs> I just really want him to have a lightsaber. I'm sure he and does. He has to, right? Like, if he's going to train Luke, which we've seen in the trailer, like that—that's a fact. It's happening. That he's train training, Ray. training Ray. Oh my gosh, what the heck? Luke training anyway. Ray luke is gonna train luke <laughs> <laughs> like okay no yeah so luke's gonna train ray and ray has to use a lightsaber so maybe they'll like fake duel it would be great spar yeah it would be so awesome it would be like in the recent game of thrones episode with Arya and brienne it would be so All right, good
1: and with that we are gonna be moving on to part <laughs> two ray's parentage
0: okay <laughs>
1: Alright, welcome back to part two, where we are going to be talking about Ray's parentage and what this article has told us, or not told us, about Ray's parentage. So, what was your big takeaway from these articles, Charlotte, in regards to Ray and her familia?
0: Okay, well, basically... It was really interesting that they framed this article as why race parentage matters or doesn't matter.
1: Or also doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is that the way Ryan said it in saying that race parentage really only matters as it matters to her, and she's going to figure out that it really doesn't matter that much, um, to me, that can mean a number of things, because I think that they've left it as an open-ended question like almost like a red herring to be honest about who her parents Mm -hmm. are going to be we've been talking about this for years Um, and it could be someone that we know and it could not be in either way I think that it's going to come down to Ray's journey isn't going to be affected by that because it still kind of drives home the message of personal choice in Mm -hmm. the Star Wars lore
1: agreed I think there's comments about it, she's gonna find out who it is, but it's really only, it's really only important to her. And then, like you said, it's all about her personal choices. Honestly, that kind of got me thinking that maybe it isn't Kenobi. I mean, I, I don't think it is Kenobi. That's what I want it to be. Um, I don't think they'll actually do that. But those com- I feel like if she was actually Ray Kenobi, there would be more weight to that. It wouldn't be something in the film where it would be oh you're Obi-Wan Kenobi's granddaughter and that would be it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um I think if she was a Kenobi it would have a lot more weight and there would be a lot more to that family name. Um so
0: it, I don't know. It's like I hate to say this because I everyone knows I'm like I jump all these different camps. Like I can't I can't settle on a theory, but it kind of has reopened the Skywalker theory in my mind a little yeah, bit it more. Does. And because if the way I read it by all these different articles that we've gotten is that if Ray is basically disappointed by the who she sees in Luke and therefore she doesn't like to think that her parentage matters, then maybe she makes that decision because she's Luke's child. Does that make sense? Like she's like not she's she's like not into that and so she like Uh goes above that. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that definitely. The the thing is, Bresnikin is funny. He's like, <laughs> "Can I just read this? Because I think it's hilarious." Please. She's told. Oh, this is. Ryan Johnson says this, and then I'll, I'll. Okay. Ryan Johnson says she was told in the last movie that the answer's not in the past. It's looking forward. She's, but she's showing up on this island to talk to this hero from the past. And then this is where Bresnikin comes in and says, "Let's just pause for a line from Eugene O'Neill's A Moon by the, A Moon for the Mis." Misbegotten. Whoa. There is no present or future, only the past happening over and over again now. It's like, okay, thanks for confusing us further. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is that Ryan's like, it doesn't matter, but like it does. It's like, oh yeah, it's, it's important, in- but not that important, but you
0: know, it's important. <laughs> it's the future, but the future is the past, and the past is also the future. So, like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And, like, come see the movie?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just hilarious. Yeah.
1: what what I do appreciate and like about this part of the article is that they are kind of pushing that personal choice. And I think Daisy even makes some comments about light side or dark side. Um, it's not up to your family. It's up to you. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's still kind of got the wheels of turn in about dark side Ray for me.
0: Oh, I know. Dark side Ray is so interesting. Um I'm really I, into Dark Side Ray as of I th- like. I think that it could happen at the end of this movie. I really do. Um what what were you 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 texted me like this whole stream of things. Like you gotta tell the podcast.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was a voice memo yeah. <laughs> that I sent you actually. <laughs> it was about this idea that oh, so they talk about Ray having a lot more agency in The Last Jedi and her how she's kind of been thrown into all these situations and now she's finally taking more stock of of her powers and who she is and what her place is in this bigger picture and what she wants her place to be in this bigger picture. And so then I was kind of thinking about how Luke and Kylo are probably both really vying for her power at some point. Once Luke actually starts training her and sees what her potential is and, you know, he... He's ready to jump back into the fight, which I imagine he will be, however, reluctantly. Um, Luke and Kylo will probably both be um, trying to get her to their respective sides. And then I had this idea that Snoke kind of slithers in in the middle of this and is like, you're not either one of their pawns. Come with me and you can be whoever you want. And then she joins Snoke. And then you have Luke and Kylo... The enemy of my enemy is my friend. And then they have to work together to figure out how to get Rey back. And that's when Kylo sees that Snoke was really just using him as a pawn. And, you know,
0: so on and so forth. I, I think that that's a totally valid theory. I really do. I think that... Thank you. <laughs> I think that... Well, no, because like, I totally agree. Like, I think that Rey, realizing... And I think mean, I think this kind of goes back to like every dark side fall that we've ever seen, like when mm-hmm. people um realize that they can like I don't want to say do whatever they want, but kind of do whatever they want on the dark side. um that's kind of like the allure, and i am sure that potentially Ray could see that as tempting.
1: I think we're definitely going to have some more heavy-handed temptation by the dark side for Rey, more so than we saw for Luke. Um, whether or not she actually follows through with it remains to be seen. And I, and I don't even know if I'm completely convinced she will fall to the dark side. I'm really interested in that, and I think that'd be really cool. But mm-hmm. I think we'll see her be a lot more tempted by it than than Luke ever was. Yeah, I think
0: so, too. Like, Luke really... He he struggled in Return of the Jedi, but it it wasn't as big of a struggle as I think. Like obviously, as like Anakin, basically, I think Ray will. Um, I totally agree with you. Yeah.
1: So you know, I wonder too if we find out that Ray's parents are not if she's not a Skywalker. um, She could still be Kenobi, or if she is, if it's someone completely different. um, If the Resistance, and maybe the actions of Luke's Jedi Academy somehow led to the death of her parents and the loss of her family, how that could push
0: her away from Luke and what he's trying to do and totally. to the dark side. I can't wait to see Rey and Luke's relationship, but part of me hopes that if Luke is being like an extreme curmudgeon and like doesn't leave the island, that she... <laughs> doesn't feel like a sense of, like, I gotta get Luke back. I gotta get Luke back. Like, I don't think that we need that. I think that I would prefer for her character to take action and, like, do what she needs to do rather than what she thinks that she needs to do for Luke Skywalker, who clearly might not care. I don't know. I think she will,
1: because I think if she... Because I think to a degree she will be disappointed in what she finds in Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And if that continues and he and he doesn't seem like he's willing to join her again, I think it will be a situation where she'll be like, fine, I'll figure it out without you. And leave. Yeah. Kind of thing. I don't think that'll happen because I don't think he would train her at all if he wasn't willing to help her pass the tra- I don't know. Maybe. Um, he could be like, I'll train you, but that's it. You know? Yeah, yeah, he could I mean, do that. That is that, that, yeah. that, that is totally viable. Yeah, but I think, I mean, I think even given where we see Luke at the beginning of The Last Jedi, um, isolated and alone and depressed, I think he does have to, I think he does have to come back to at least a semblance of who we last saw in Return of the Jedi, because that's such a core part of who Luke is, is to believe in the light and to fight for his friends. Yeah. We saw him time and time again in the original trilogy give up the what he should be doing in order to go save his friends. And I think we have to see some element of that in The Last Jedi. Um
0: even if it is at the very end. Me too. Um I think that we have to get something like that. And I think they're kind of withholding us. Like every marketing is kind of like leaving that to be a surprise. Um as it is probably with, like, a Luke and Leia reunion. Like, they obviously want to keep some things to a surprise. Like, basically what they're giving us in the Entertainment Weekly coverage is stuff that we could basically infer from the end of The Force well, Awakens. Yeah,
1: Force Awakens, yeah.
0: And a bit more. Like, a bit, you know, a bit filling in the blanks and, like, doing what probably the story isn't going to do for us. Like, some filling in some of what our expectations are for the story of what we're going to see with Luke. Um, yeah. I think and that's what these articles out- are. Yeah. And some of the details that aren't as important, like, the guards who are guarding Snoke.
1: Yeah. Like, it's really cool to learn about them, and they look freaking
0: awesome. Mm-hmm. So, and, like, putting some names yeah. to these creatures are, like, mm-hmm. it's great, and it's fun, and this is, these are, like, fun little tidbits, but these core things, like, whether we're going to see the old Luke again, like, I hope we do, and there's a huge possibility that we could because the marketing isn't showing us that.
1: Yeah exactly well a lot of the marketing is showing what looks to be the beginning of the movie
0: yeah for sure so,
1: which would make sense yes and also I'd just like to add in at the end of our discussion here that Anthony
0: Bresnien is a fan of the Ray Kenobi theory yes he is uh, and I'm just it gonna put he, that in there. he has like touted this for a while and it, it yeah, makes Anthony, me from the beginning. More, <laughs> we're like more <laughs> it makes everyone more convinced on it I think like it, it does <laughs> because it kind of legitimizes it i i think that it's a serious possibility but again i'm not willing to commit to a theory until i see it i just i can't i just can't (laughs) (laughs) it's my favorite theory
1: again i don't think they'll actually do it but it's my favorite theory yep (laughs) we'll see what happens i mean can you believe
0: we're in august no it's so messed up the time is we're so close to Force Friday and we're getting so much information it's overload like maybe right now we should talk about how Mark Hamill and Ryan said to not if you don't want to know too much then like stop basically in the middle of when Anthony was releasing all these articles um (laughs) (laughs) which poor guy wait for (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah wait for eight
0: yeah so hashtag wait for eight yeah hashtag eight wait for eight like the thing is is that I totally get that, and I think that I Caitlin and I have talked about this, I think our podcast coverage of the last jedi like content is probably gonna end around the the next trailer that we get, um yeah, but we'll see <laughs> you never know <laughs> with us. i mean i'm
1: Charlotte is the one that has much more difficulty staying away from spoilers and not even spoilers, but just kind of everything that's available than I do. Um, I'm very committed to that experience of sitting in the theater and seeing most of those images for the first time. That's what I keep going back to, is that I want that experience of as much surprise as I can get.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that we'll try. And I did, I did that yeah. for The Force Awakens. It was great. Um, I, I just think that we'll probably ramp down our The Last Jedi speculation. Um, Up until like a few weeks, um, until I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not making any decisions. (laughs)
1: Charlotte's (laughs) like until a few weeks. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to. Okay, well maybe I don't. mm, I don't. I don't know what we're doing.
0: (laughs) Basically, basically what I'm saying is that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm saying that I'm thinking about Mark and Ryan's comments, (laughs) and I'm thinking about taking them to heart. But, but you will know I? I want to know everything. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hey, in Ryan, we trust. And, in Ryan, we trust. <laughs> and in Mark, I trust. So as of right now, I'm I'm pretty on board with hashtag Wait for Eight. So <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'll watch the trailer. Yeah. Um, but I think beyond that, I I might try to keep my distance.
0: That makes sense.
1: Ugh, let us know what you guys are going to do <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so we can have support. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> we need to know. So we
1: are going to wrap up this discussion about Ray, and we're moving on to part three, which is all about my boy Kylo. Listen, big deal.
0: You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. Okay, part three. Kylo Ren, a.k.a. Ben Solo, (laughs) a.k.a. the son of Leia
1: Organa and Han Solo, a.k.a. the murderer of Han Solo, a.k.a. the
0: ex-student of Luke Skywalker. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I kind of want to start with reading a quote from Maya Johnson, if that's okay. Can I read it? Yes, you read it.
1: Okay. Just
0: cuz Kylo is one of my favorite characters.
1: <laughs> and I think this is this quote that we're going to be reading is just so important for Kylo's mindset and as Charlotte and I do, it for us it points to his redemption. So, take a listen. This is Ryan Johnson. He's definitely been knocked off base. The defeat that he had at the end of The Force Awakens, but even bigger than that, his huge defining act, which spoiler alert, is the murder of his father. That's the most interesting thing to dive into. How has he dealt with that in his head? Where is he at in terms of that act, and what does that mean for him? I mean, I think this quote is so clear that this is what Kylo is thinking about, and that it's weighing down on him negatively. AKA,
0: he regrets what happened. Mm-hmm. He's he realizes that it's just not what he thought it was going to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. He immediately never got that power that he. Th- Saw it when he killed Han. Um, you see it in
1: his eyes.
0: Yeah, and it's in the novelization. Like he didn't get it, and <laughs> he, he it's it's clearly it. it's clearly seriously weighing on him. And um, what we're gonna see in the Last Jedi is a Kylo who's still dealing with those emotions, and I don't think he knows how to deal with those emotions.
1: Yeah, and I think what will be interesting is is Rey's part in that because. I think you'll have Snoke who is pushing down on him that dark side mentality but clearly the light side is still battling in his soul mm-hmm. you know and so we think we think that the light side will eventually win out so how does it win out in the end is it Kylo overcoming that on his own or is it a combination of Leia and Luke
0: and Ray, or one of them, or none of them. I kind of hope it's, like, him dealing with it on his own. Um, I think that it would be really great to see him realize that Snoke has been feeding him lies, Mm -hmm. that he's been spying on him ever since he was a child, that every decision that he's done, like, in the name of Snoke (laughs) um, has been for the worse, Um, Mm -hmm. and that... He's lost his father, and he only has his mother left. And he murdered everyone in the, last, in the Jedi Temple that he was with. Um, and <laughs> he murdered everyone. <laughs> like I, I think that he has some a lot, a lot of self reflection to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, he does. He's got some journaling he
0: needs to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, another quote is good. Um, Kylo represents a kind of rebellious anger that you feel during that youthful period. Honestly, it's something of a healthy desire to push away from that place that that what you know of the things you came from. But he obviously does it in an extreme that's not healthy at all. This is a really interesting thing about growing up. Yeah, it is. Um, And how Kylo is really like a modern villain, as we've talked about before on the podcast, and how he's still kind of dealing with these like rampant raw emotions and like kind of doesn't really know how to do that because he's kind of still a kid who never really got the chance to i suppose i don't know
1: yeah and i i do wonder if we will find out more about kylo's childhood before he turned to the dark side and i think we will i think we will I think we need to, because I think that's important. His desire to push away from the place that you know, is what the quote says, from Mm -hmm. the things that you came from. And I think we talked about this before on the podcast too, but this idea that the, the light and dark kind of skip generations and it's kind of opposites almost in the Skywalker family. And so you have Kylo that has come from really light side people, if you will, and Leia and has turned to the dark. And then you could talk about Rey, too, and how maybe she came from light side people, too, and maybe she'll turn to the dark side. Yeah. Um, But what I think is interesting is the next quote where he says that Kylo and Rey are two halves of the dark and light. That sounds like you need two halves to make one whole to balance the force.
0: I know, and it really kind of goes back to what you were talking about before, about how, like, Rey could turn to the dark side as Kylo is coming back to the light. And yeah, and they it's switch. it's like, that could be exactly what's going to happen, because they are the balance. I'm so for that. I'm so I, for it. I know, it's so crazy, because, like, I don't... The whole balance of the Force thing is just really, like, deep. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's... It's... Was there balance after Return of the Jedi when, you know... Darth Vader and the Emperor were destroyed. Essentially, like that doesn't sound like a balance to me. If like the light side is kind of con- uh, like o- open and more dominant, I, and so it, maybe one of them is supposed to be on the dark side, or maybe maybe Kylo actually won't be redeemed because that's where he's supposed to be, or if he's gonna like die. I don't know. I I no. don't know. No. <laughs>
1: I think I was thinking about this the other day about Kylo's redemption. Um, I think about it a lot. But this this idea of hope is such a prevalent the most prevalent theme I'd argue in Star Wars. And I think to have a character like Kylo who is so clearly struggling with the balance of light and dark in him and to not have any hope of redemption, I think just really goes against what Star Wars is. Mm-hmm. Um, to make him a hopeless character is that it just isn't Star Wars to me. And I, I'd be really surprised if they did that. I think
0: that would be very grim. Um, Especially from someone of the Skywalker lineage. It's like, yeah. it, it, it's not going to happen.
1: And just in general, because I think we, I think so many people feel quite hopeless right now in the world for a myriad of reasons. And mm-hmm. to then have a character like Kylo who is hopeless and there is no chance of his redemption of his survival of the ability to love and be loved despite the mistakes that he's made. I don't know, that just I don't know if that sits right with me and and who knows, maybe maybe he doesn't get redeemed and he is to be the evil person, you know, the end all be all of evil in the galaxy. But It doesn't seem
0: like they're setting him up that way. Yeah, I know. And I think that the article kind of talks about how he is, like, so flawed um, and has, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of darkness, but he's the symbol of treacherous—the treacherous road through adolescence. Like, it kind of softens him a little bit, and I think that the article— Um, as we talked about how marketing is kind of an interesting look into like what to expect. Um, I think that they're kind of softening him so that we are ready for his redemption. And Caitlin and I are ready, (laughs) but I think there's a lot of people that aren't. Um, And I think that by having articles like this um, and describing more about Ben Solo's childhood or Kylo's thought process, you kind of understand it and understand him as a villain, and prepare yourself for what twists and turns his journey is going to take.
1: Yeah, I, obviously, I completely agree. What I think, too, is interesting is that we see so much less of Kylo in this promo. Um, yeah. In the promotion that's come out about The Last Jedi. I mean, he was, even in the um, Bresnikin articles, he was in an article with, like, four other characters, Which, Kylo Ren is the main character of the sequel trilogy, so it's interesting how he didn't get...
0: He had, like, two paragraphs. I have a theory about that. What's your theory? My theory is that Kylo probably follows Rey and Luke, to Rey and Chewbacca, to Octo, and the photos that we would get of Kylo would be with other characters that we know are going to be in these places. Like, we know that Rose and Finn are going to Canto Bite, We know that Ray and Luke are on Octo. Like, we know that from the marketing and everything that's been released so far. And I think that Kylo is also in these places, and they're kind of preserving a surprise of where Kylo is and what characters Kylo is going to encounter.
1: I can see that, but if the... If the film takes picks up right where it left off, then Kylo is recovering from his wounds, just like Finn is recovering from his, with Snoke. Um, so, do you think he, once he recovers and
0: is "quote unquote" trained, um, yeah, he's going go to go to action after
1: Ray and Luke?
0: Yeah, and I wonder if that's like has to do with the time jump that I think is going to happen, based off of mm-hmm. like costume changes and like just the way that it's just probably gonna be you know there's yeah
1: yeah. because Kylo and Finn both have to
0: heal exactly exactly they both have to heal and yet apparently this movie opens like two seconds after the other Mm -hmm. one ends so there has to be a time jump yeah (laughs) yeah and I think that after that time jump. That's when we're going to see Kylo. I think that in the behind the scenes reel, we saw Kylo looking over Canto Bite, and I think that that's where he's going to be. So again, I don't think that that's they're going to show that sort of marketing to, like photos together, and I don't think they're going to get any sort of Kylo Ray um, scenes being teased because even in the Force Awakens marketing, we didn't even know that Ray showed up at the end on Starkiller Base. Until, like, Harrison Ford spoiled it over Twitter. (laughs) Ha ha. But do you remember that when he was, like, doing that uh, Twitter Q&A and someone asked Harrison Ford, like, what was your favorite scene? And he was like, my favorite lightsaber battle is the one between Kylo Ren and Rey. And everyone was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I think the Star Wars account... Had d- deleted it or something. It was really funny. <laughs> but the
1: internet is forever.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it actually might still be there. I'm probably wrong about that. But it, he spoiled it, and I think that that was a, you know, a deliberate use of not putting Kylo or Ray in those scenes that they would uh, cross paths. And I think that this is the same situation here.
1: Yeah, because the big promo we got from that was Finn igniting the lightsaber, and Yeah. it wasn't anywhere.
0: Yeah, it was, like, a, a red herring.
1: Yeah, it was. So what um, is a red herring?
0: I think there's plenty of red herrings. That's kind of, like, I, it'll be interesting to unco- uncover, like, what those are, and I don't think that we can be the judge of that right now, but no, um, I I think that Kylo not being included in, like, primary marketing is part of that, because they just can't. <laughs> it's just so as yeah. simple as that.
1: Yeah. And they did that with Luke, too. In the yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Even that's true. Wasn't
1: actually a big part of the movie, oh. <laughs> physically. Anyway,
0: um. oh, <laughs> still disappointing.
1: Yeah. Miss you, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm loving all of the um, press tour with Mark Hamill in it now. I'm, I know, I'm me
0: too. That he's I, included. I can't wait. I can't wait to <laughs> see all these videos with Mark and everything. It's going to be so fun. Me too. Oh, I can't wait. Anyway, I think that that should probably wrap up our discussion of what we got from the Entertainment Weekly news. I mean, we got so much stuff. Like we could spend yeah, like was, 2 like, hours talking about yeah. like how awesome it is that uh Leia basically considers Poe a son. We can't <laughs> and, talk like, about
1: that because then we'll just Cry. cry
0: like a surrogate son like i can't handle that
1: and oh, then and the, the, the story that oscar isaac told
0: i know end, okay? i know
1: i was walking on the sidewalk and i was like pull yourself together woman like you cannot <laughs> cry here in the middle of the street you cannot <laughs>
0: and was- the the porgs and like the potential of like learning more about finn's family i can't wait for that and like yeah. what finn is dealing with about him wanting to leave the resistance, but like still like constantly feeling a pull and everything to do with Rose and Paige, and uh, DJ and Benicio del Toro's character seems really interesting. You mean Ezra? <laughs> I still kind of like that theory. I so. do. too. I'm not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> if he, like if it turns out that he is Ezra, <laughs> it
0: would be great. I'd be like, yes. <laughs> if
1: Star Wars was like, haha, I trolled you all for so long. <laughs> like they would do that. So. <laughs> it would do that um oh my gosh speaking of trolling remember mark hamill's comment when they were talking about ray and he was like but does he know her oh yeah oh my god it's <laughs> like mark really there's no need for that mark there's is a king
0: no of trolling that. we're yeah. going to get this for like the next f- how long 4 months oh my god i'm so
1: excited too cuz
0: it's mark <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, there was just so much in those articles. I can't believe it was eight parts. Um, oh. Just overload. Honestly, I would I would be fine if we didn't get a trailer and this was the end of what we got for The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, because hashtag wait for eight.
0: I do have to, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast or if I've even talked to you about it. So stop me if I have, Caitlin. But I was talking to my parents <clears throat> about The Last Jedi teaser. And both of them were not impressed, and they're Star Wars fans. They were like, that didn't get me that excited. What? I was like, I I know. And what? they were like, it wasn't even that good. Like, that teaser wasn't that good. And what? it kind of, like, pulled me away from my, like, extreme fandom. And, like, I kind of thought about it just a little bit. And I think it's, like, visually stunning, but it doesn't have the – and we, we know this. It doesn't have the nostalgia element that – the other trailers do that like make you feel happy like this this trailer ends with like kind of a depressing note and <laughs> yeah, I think I kind of think that maybe in order to pull in the wider audience the next trailer kind of has to accomplish that and I know that kind of sucks um for us diehard fans because that's not what we really want to see we want to see like new stuff new awesome things but it, it did kind of like make me realize that, like, maybe we would need, a, like, a little bit of a more in-depth trailer because I think that the general audience needs to, like, get pumped up for it.
1: Yeah, I I agree, but I also think it's Star Wars and people will come to see it anyway. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, and I, but, don't think, I don't think we're going to get a whole lot of more new information.
0: Oh, no, I don't uh, either. I think that, like, since we already got the Vanity Fair article and then we got this EW article, I think that, like, I can't even really imagine... If we're going to get anything, usually Anthony Bresnikan does, like, a huge, like, dump of interesting information he learned during his, like, research for basically this released cover that they just did after the movie comes out. So, like, it'll be, like, all these, like, interesting tidbits, you know? Do you remember those? And Mm -hmm. I I think that that's kind of, like, that's probably all we're going to get. Like, maybe a New York Times article? I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting.
1: I don't know. I know I'm happy with what we have, and I'm happy to
0: wait until December to see
1: the rest, but I also know I'll probably watch a new trailer on repeat.
0: Yeah, for... as I usually do when I feel sad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so again, we don't know what the podcast is going to look like in terms of the last in the next <laughs> couple months, so stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, big will, they won't, they. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I think this is going to wrap it up. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Sky Talkers Pod and on Instagram at SkyTalkersPodcast. And you can find our Patreon page. Um, just Google Patreon Sky Talkers Podcast. And our website is SkyTalkers.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and
1: we will be back with our machete discussion hashtag Skytalkers machete for The Empire Strikes Back on Saturday which is going to be so great Um, we already have some topics to cover which some of you have suggested via Twitter so we're really excited to delve into that and uh don't forget, we have our free episodes on Patreon about movies uh, relating to Star Wars movie stars. So, for example, we are covering Mark Hamill's movie Corvette Summer, which will be up on our Patreon page this week. So, get excited for that! I know I am. And <laughs> it's lastly, free. We... <laughs> it's free, yeah, and it's Corvette Summer, so you got to check it out. Um, and lastly, we just want to give a big thank you to all of our Patrons, Patreons. Patreons amy dean chuck and ryan thank you guys so much may the force be with you
0: and may the force be with you We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sky Talkers, This Galactic Life, part of the Assembly of Geeks podcasting network. Find the girls on skytalkers.com and we'll see you next time.